You're listening to Monday's Law and Gospel on this wonderful day, namely June the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at lessons for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, which will be July 3rd, which is the day before a big holiday. We will not be on the air next Monday, but we're on the air today talking about the lessons for the fourth Sunday after Pentecost. And those lessons are from Isaiah chapter 66, one of the best theological books of the Old Testament, Galatians 6, which is, in my opinion, a wonderful theological book of the, Old, of the New Testament, and then, of course, the Holy Gospel in Luke 10. We're going to take a look at the Holy Gospel in Luke 10, and I'll tell you why. During this part of the year, as you might have heard earlier on the program, there is a lot of marriages going on, particularly due to COVID, marriages that had to be postponed. But there's also another great celebration going on, and that is the ordination and installation of pastors in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. A lot of them occur in July, June and July, because the seminary ends in May. And they get ordained sometimes at one church, namely their own church, where they were originally members, and then get installed at the new congregation over which they are going to become a pastor. In fact, I've had friends who that happened to this past month ordination and installation. So this lesson from Luke 10 is very interesting in light of what's happening even in our denomination. It begins in verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now, that's very interesting that these were disciples that the Lord appointed, and he sent them to areas he was going to so that people could perhaps be ready for his appearance. Who does that remind you of? It reminds you of John the Baptizer. He came into the world to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, his message was one of repent. And then he pointed to Jesus as a Lamb of God who is to take away the sins of the world. You see, when people learn that they are to repent, they realize, well, how can repentance at all help me towards salvation? 
just because I'm sorry for what I did? No, that repentance is also coupled with faith in Jesus Christ, that he is the one who is going to hear that word of repentance from us and declare us to be forgiven. And to be forgiven means he's no longer going to hold us accountable for our sins because he was held accountable for our sins. So it's very important at sermons that ordain or install a pastor that the message of the necessity of preaching the law is there as important as the necessity of proclaiming the gospel. Now, when I was at the seminary, there wasn't really in classrooms a lot of proclaiming the gospel. Oh, you may be surprised to hear that. Well, that's because the classrooms were there to explain the gospel. Like, for example, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's one thing to say that Jesus was incarnated, but it's another thing to explain the reason why he was incarnated. And the reason was so that he could die as a human being, because only a human being can pay for the sins of other human beings. That was the message of John the baptizer. And therefore, that's still not proclaiming the gospel. To proclaim the gospel of the incarnation would be to state clearly that Jesus Christ was incarnated in order that he might die for human beings. And he became a sinner. And you could talk about his baptism by John the baptizer, because that's when God the Father was pleased with the Son who had taken upon himself to be baptized by John the baptizer, which was a baptism for sinners. And he therefore declared himself to be a sinner. So that's a very important point in the ordination and installation of pastors. We are John the baptizers for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus said to these 72 in verse 2, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, that is something that we in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod are working on. We have over 100 missionaries in various countries of the world proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ to those who have never heard of it. But there is still plenty of room 
for additional missionaries. And often a seminarian will be guided to be a missionary directly from the seminary. Then there also is a big push for more pastors. If you have a young man who really is faithful in church and loves to hear the message of Jesus Christ, encourage him to attend one of the seminaries, St. Louis or Fort Wayne, to learn about how joyous is the gift of being a pastor. I was mentioning the point that we send out seminarians in order to become John the Baptizers in speaking the law and then proclaiming Jesus as the Christ. And verse 3 says, Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. He says, what does that mean? Well, there's no doubt that according to the Beatitudes, that's in Matthew 5, one of the blessings, our blessings are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. Now, notice, it's not just blessed are those who are persecuted, because the devil persecutes even unbelievers. But Christians, he specifically persecutes when we stand up for the name of Jesus. Can, can you imagine uh, having a conversation now in your church or even in your business now that the Supreme Court has ruled the way they have against Roe v. Wade abortions and you stand up for what the Bible has to say, you're going to have people who are opposed to you. They may even persecute you. They may even try and get you to lose your job because you are saying things they cannot believe, and, and therefore that's inappropriate. In fact, they'll even call it hate speech, when in reality... The ones who are doing hate speech are the unbelievers. When they say, for example, that the lifestyle of a gay person is okay, that is hate speech against God himself. And it's also putting those people in the gay lifestyle in a situation where they may be lost forever because Christians are not bold enough to tell them what the Word of God has to say. So that's why pastors are often characterized as lambs in the midst of wolves. Jesus has some other advice. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, Greek, no one on the road. Now, what does that mean? Well, carry no money bag means that that would have to be refilled. And, and therefore, you are not to go out for the purpose of making yourself
or able to take care of yourself. So whatever you have, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And that, of course, is the same words that Jesus said to the disciples on the night of the resurrection. Peace be to your house. And if a son of peace is there, which means a believer, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Now, how does that occur? Well, it's not at all unusual that particularly pastors on radio shows will often get emails where people will say, you know, what you're saying is a bunch of nonsense. Don't tell me that my sins need to be forgiven. I don't need to have this peace that you're talking about. In that way, the peace that you share over the radio station is returned to you by unbelievers. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. You see, you can be in one house and you get very simple meals, but you see another house and it has more sumptuous meals, and so you decide to leave the simple house meals and go and stay with those who give what you think are better meals. That will be seen on the part of the people as someone who's looking out for himself, rather for them. And so whenever you enter a town, this is verse 8, and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Now you would say, well, what's so hard about that? Well, I have seen videos of missionaries. They'll come to a village. They have learned the language. They're speaking to the people in their own language about Jesus. And then they go to have a meal. And the people who have a meal, they may prepare an animal, maybe even barbecue it on a fire in front of them. They don't use forks or knives. They just tear off pieces of the animal with their fingers and hand the food to you. I tell you, it would be difficult for those of us with weak stomachs to eat in that way. But God says, eat whatever is set before you. In other words, don't make a big show that you would prefer to have something else because you would then be pitiful towards those people. He also says, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. We have often had missionaries who we were considered they were considered as medical missionaries. They had a degree in medicine and would 
help the people through various colds and flus and viruses in giving them the proper medicine. Now, in this case, the 72 did a lot of that miraculously, including getting rid of demons. So verse 10 is important. Whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. In other words, just as in the Old Testament, prophets and followers of God were often killed and murdered, so also even in the New Testament. Look how many Christians were thrown to lions, whole families, and how many were in war against people who hated Christianity. He even mentions two cities that Paul is aware of. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. So Jesus had done mighty works. And similarly, the 72 he sent out did mighty works. But according to Chorazon and Bethsaida, because of their rejection of Jesus Christ, we get to verse 14. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, you will be exalted to heaven? Question mark. No, you shall be brought down to Hades. Why? Because even though Jesus did many miracles there, there was a large number of people who disagreed with his message and were glad to see him crucified. And that's why they will be brought down to hell. Now, why is this important from Jesus' point of view? Paul explains it in verse 16. The one who hears you hears me. And the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So when a pastor, say, is doing a Bible study, and it is according to God's word, and someone disagrees with what he is saying, if it is really a doctrinal matter, then the pastor needs to change his teaching. But if it is a doctrinal matter that the pastor has agreed with, for example, there are even Lutherans 
who believed the world was not created in six 24-hour days, but through evolution. And they may argue with the pastor over that. The pastor speaks the word of God, and he may even use helps like science and medicine to show the ridiculous notions of evolution. But when members of the congregation or the public hears him and rejects him, well, they are also rejecting the one who sent him, namely Jesus Christ. Well, what happened with these 72? It says in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, what is Jesus saying? Is that this message that the 72 is sharing about Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins has led to the fall of Satan from heaven. He no longer is before God denouncing Christians for their sins because God has forgiven those sins and Christians need no longer fear their sinful lives because they are not held accountable for that sin. Jesus goes on, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Remember, Paul was helping put a fire together on a beach, and it says a snake bit him. And he just, well, moved the snake off his hand, and the natives thought he was going to die for sure, but he did not. So that scorpions, he had authority over them. So also, we as Christians have power over all the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. But Jesus tells the 72, do not rejoice in this, that you have such power over evil spirits, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What a good message for a new pastor. Don't rejoice when you see people coming to faith in Jesus Christ because of what you have said, because it's not you that brought them to faith. It's the word of God and baptism. Rejoice instead that your name is written in heaven already. That's the good news that every Christian pastor has, regardless of what happens in the congregation, the fact of the matter is, he is saved. And that salvation is, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit. And that is the motivation 
why we as Christian, whether pastor or lay, are eager to share the message of John the Baptizer and of Jesus Christ, both speaking repentance and the forgiveness of sins through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really good news. Well, that's what our hymn is going to be about tomorrow. The title of the hymn that we'll do with Mark Smith is Jesus Has Come and Brings Pleasure Eternal. So you can open that hymn up kind of go through it with us. I'm Tom Baker. You've been listening to Law and Gospel. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.